Welcome to the European Heart Journal Casebook Podcast 2021. I'm Dr. Ashwin Babu, Podcast Editor. Today, I'll be talking about a case report by Cristina Castrino, Angela Cantelli Alvarez, Virginia Burgos Palacios, Jose Aurelio Sralde Aguayo, Xabier Arana Achaga, Alvaro Nunes Rodriguez, David Serrano Lozano, and Manuel Cobo Balastuegui from the Marques de Valdeselia University Hospital in Santander, Spain, titled Cobalt's Cardiomyopathy Leading to Electric Storm and Cardiogenic Shock The Importance of the Orthopedic Background in Patients with Unknown Cause of Heart Failure, a Case Report. Introduction Cobalt toxicity can have widespread and adverse effects on the neurological and cardiovascular systems. Cobalt's induced cardiomyopathy was first described in the 1960s in a case series of heavy beer drinkers from Quebec who developed fulminant heart failure secondary to the high cobalt levels found in the beer. More recently, this phenomenon has been described in patients who have undergone total hip arthroplasty. These prosthetic materials can be made from metals such as cobalt or chromium, or non-metals such as ceramic or polyethylene. Whilst most cases are secondary to a metal-on-metal arthroplasty or fractured ceramic components, there have been rare cases identified in semi-metal revisions, such as metal on polyethylene arthroplasty. The authors in this case report highlight a case of cardiogenic shock leading to mechanical circulatory support and the final destination of heart transplantation, secondary to cobalt toxicity. Summary of case report A 48-year-old man attended his local hospital with heart failure symptoms. An echocardiogram revealed a mildly dilated left ventricle with phenotypic features of either early-stage restrictive or hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. A cardiac MRI revealed mild myocardial edema, a small apical thrombus, and sub-epicardial late ganglion enhancement in both atria and the ventricles. A DPD scan was negative for ATTR amyloidosis, and a coronary angiogram showed unobstructed coronary arteries. Genetic testing with next-generation sequencing panel was negative for the common pathogenic variants of hypertrophic, dilated, and restrictive cardiomyopathies. He was subsequently initiated on anti-heart failure medications such as ACE inhibition, beta blockade, and evabridine. Warfarin was started for his apical thrombus. Previous to this, the patient had an unremarkable medical background except sudden severe sensorineural hearing loss and a significant orthopedic history. This included a total right hip arthroplasty in 2008 and a left hip arthroplasty in 2010, both techniques to use a ceramic or ceramic prosthesis. In 2014, he developed a right-sided prosthesis fracture and a new total right hip arthroplasty using a metal on polyethylene prosthesis was performed. A year since his index admission, he was admitted once again with signs and symptoms of heart failure to his local hospital. A repeat echocardiogram showed a decline in his left ventricular systolic function and a resolution of the apical thrombus. An ICD was inserted for primary prevention and it was transferred to the nearest transplant center. An ECG revealed sinus rhythm with low QRS voltages and pathological Q waves in the inferior leads. A full blood count demonstrated polycythemia with a hemoglobin of 18.8 grams per deciliter. An echocardiogram performed by the specialist transplant center revealed severe biventricular systolic function with the restrictive diastolic filling pattern. Normal lactic acid, ferritin, and ACE levels ruled out mitochondrial syndromes, hemochromatosis, and sarcoidosis, respectively. 
Further, there was no lung vomit either, which also ruled out sarcoidosis being the etiology. GLA gene encoding alpha-galactosidase showed no mutations and thus Fabry's disease was discarded. A right heart catheterization was subsequently performed, which revealed a mildly elevated pulmonary artery reg pressure of 50 mm of mercury, with a low cardiac index of 1.7 litres per minute per metre squared and normal pulmonary artery pressures. Both serum chromium and cobalt levels were obtained considering the orthopedic history coupled with deafness and cardiomyopathy. These were significantly elevated with a chromium level of 166 micrograms per litre and a cobalt level of 595 micrograms per litre, with normal levels being less than 7 micrograms per litre and less than 5 micrograms per litre respectively. An endomyocardial biopsy also demonstrated high levels of these substances with no other abnormalities. A CT of the hips was performed which showed extensive and intense metallosis at the level of the right hip. Thus, the metal on polyethylene prosthesis was removed and the patient underwent another total right hip arthroplasty, this time with a ceramic on ceramic prosthesis. Nevertheless, two weeks post-surgery, the patient suffered from a ventricular tachycardia storm, requiring multiple ICD shocks. He rapidly developed cardiogenic shock and was consequently transferred to the intensive care unit where peripheral VA ECMO was commenced. Due to the poor LV unloading parameters, an intra-aortic balloon pump was inserted, and the patient required increasing doses of inotropes and counterpulsation. Thus, a biventricular assist device was implanted, but soon after, there were issues with repeated suction events with the left ventricular assist device, and a TOE revealed severe myocardial edema with the absence of native cardiac output. This improved with fluids, corticosteroids, and inhaled pulmonary vasodilators, but the patient developed a cardiac tamponade with sudden drop in biventricular assist device flow. Urgent surgical hematoma evacuation and hemostasis was carried out. The patient recovered remarkably well, and there was significant decrease in both cobalt and chromium levels. The patient was listed for urgent heart transplantation, and three days after listing, he underwent a bicaval heart transplantation. He made a remarkable recovery and an audiometry confirmed improvements in his hearing. 24 days post-surgery, he was discharged, and 5 months on, he continued to do well with NYJ class 1 symptoms and normal graph function. Discussion Cobalt toxicity represents an extremely rare form of heart failure that is rapidly progressive but reversible. One of the proposed mechanisms of cobalt cardiomyopathy is the interference of calcium binding to the sacrolemma leading to negative anisotropic effects. Cobalt can also disrupt the generation of ATP and promote the production of reactive oxygen species, thus interfering with the cardiac cell structure and once again lead to a reduction in cardiac function. Specific to this case, after a metal hip arthroplasty, the subsequent corrosion and tear can produce metal debris which can enter the circulation and be deposited in the myocardium and release cobalt ions. This in turn can lead to infiltration of the myocardium and myocardial edema, as evidenced by this case. Patients usually manifest signs and symptoms of heart failure, pericardial effusions, and present with low QRS voltages on the electrocardiogram. Extracardiac features include the presence of a goiter or thyroid dysfunction, polycythemia, and features of neuropathy, such as sensory neural hearing loss, as presented in this case. Structurally, 
The heart usually represents a phenotype of hypertrophic or restrictive cardiomyopathies in the early stages, with only a mildly dilated left ventricular size, restrictive filling pattern, increased left ventricular mass, and a large pericardial effusion. Therefore, other causes of hypertrophic and restrictive cardiomyopathy must be ruled out, such as amyloidosis, Fabry's disease, mitochondrial disorders, hemochromatosis, and sarcoidosis, as evidenced by the authors in this case report. Of note, cardiac MRI can be an extremely useful modality for this. Biochemically, cobalt and chromium levels should be carried out if there is suspicion of cobalt cardiomyopathy. The presence of high cobalt levels above 100, 250, and 500 microns per litre correlate to the increased risk of cardiomyopathy, peripheral neuropathy, and thyroid toxicity, respectively. Although there are no pathonomic features and no diagnostic criteria for cobalt cardiomyopathy, several cases have reported on similar endomyocardial biopsy findings. This includes interstitial fibrosis, myocardial hypertrophy, and scattered myofibers containing large cytoplasmic inclusions. Given the difficulty in diagnosis, one must maintain a high level of suspicion for cobalt cardiomyopathy in patients with heart failure without any previous cardiovascular risk factors and the presence of a significant orthopedic background. Metal or metal arthroplasties were initially thought to improve stability, reduce osteolysis, and conserve bone. However, in recent years, there has been a notable increase in the risk of implant failure and high revision rates, secondary to adverse local tissue reactions. Further, intense metallosis at the arthroplasty sites seen on radiological imaging can be a risk factor for systemic cobalt toxicity, as reported in this case. The other group of orthopedic patients who are at higher risk of cobalt cardiomyopathy are the patients who have undergone a revised metal arthroplasty after a ceramic prosthesis fracture. This is postulated to be secondary to the retained ceramic products that remain after a ceramic prosthesis fracture, which could provoke abrasions and destruction of the newly replaced metal head component. Management of these patients require the initiation of anti-heart failure therapies and strict fluid management. A potential curative option is the replacement of the metal prosthesis, debridement of the affected tissues, and replacement with ceramic on ceramic prosthesis. The clinical course after the removal of the metal prosthesis can be extremely varied, with some patients achieving normalization of the ejection fraction, whilst others go on to require advanced heart failure therapies such as VA ECMO, LVAD, and heart transplantation, as seen in this case report. Heart transplantation can be a curative option once the levels of cobalt are downtrending or have normalized. Other treatments involve the use of chelation therapies, such as N-acetylcysteine. Although they reduce the cobalt levels, their effect on improving heart function remains unclear. Nonetheless, they should be considered as an adjunct therapy and also in patients with cobalt cardiomyopathy who are unsuitable for advanced heart failure therapies. Conclusion This case highlights the paramount importance of a thorough orthopedic history in patients who present with severe heart failure of unknown etiology, low QRS voltages, exhibit polycythemia, and have neurological complications, as cobalt toxicity represents a rare entity of non-ischemic cardiomyopathies that are potentially reversible. Both mechanical circulatory support and transplantation are feasible options for patients who develop refractory cardiogenic shock. A future area of research 
should be to determine whether all patients with a metal or metal prosthesis or a history of fractured ceramic components require ongoing cardiological surveillance to monitor the signs of cobalt toxicity to prevent the disastrous sequelae of fulminant heart failure and subsequent cardiogenic shock. The authors wanted to highlight the following learning points. 1. Cobalt toxicity may appear after metal hip arthroplasty. It could potentially cause hearing loss, skin problems, polycythemia, thyroid disorders, impairment of the peripheral nerves, and heart failure. 2. Cobalt cardiomyopathy is a restrictive cardiomyopathy that can be fatal. Reaching a diagnosis can be challenging, so a high index of clinical suspicion is required. 3. When cobalt cardiomyopathy is diagnosed, removal of the metal hip prosthesis is mandatory. After the surgery, even when the levels of cobalt in the blood decrease, the cardiac condition can either improve or get worse quickly, leading to acute heart failure or cardiogenic shock. Mechanical circulatory support as a bridge to heart transplant is feasible in the scenario. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this interesting case for us, and thank you for listening to European Heart Journal Case Reports podcast. References and the original case reports are available online. Visit academic.oup.com forward slash EHACR for other interesting case reports. Music is computed by stage shirts.